0: Approach Christmas. <clears throat> really, the uh, overarching, I think, theme, overarching atmosphere ought to be one of peace. So I say, Merry Christmas this morning, and we enter into this week where family comes, and hopefully we get some time off of work. So most of us, it falls midweek, we get a little time off. And uh, my prayer, my hope for you, is that over this time. That there is rest and that there is an umbrella of peace that abides over you and your house. Jesus is, as we come this morning to Isaiah chapter 9, for one more, one last time this Christmas season. Uh, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. It is one of the great gifts, one of the treasures in the storehouse of faith is the peace that Christ brings to his people. Turn then to Isaiah chapter 9 here again, verses 6 and 7, the Word of God. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son has been given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, the Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and he will be the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom... He will establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. And it is the zeal of the Lord of hosts who will do this. Pray with me. Father in heaven, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we have come to our God this Christmas season. We have come to you, longing for you to speak peace into our lives to speak peace to us in Christ. Father, give us ears to hear and eyes to see and the ability to receive that we might be at rest, that we might experience your good gifts as we gather and worship not only this day, but in all of our times this week, this season, this coming year. Let peace be the byword and the power that reigns in our hearts. For we ask and pray in Jesus' name, amen. We spent the last couple of weeks in this same passage in Isaiah chapter 9. If you haven't been here or haven't heard them, they're online. Under the Advent season, you can can go back. We've talked about Jesus. We've looked at uh, the Son who is given as the coming King because the first thing we're told is that the government is going to be on His shoulders. And we saw how the New Testament declares that Jesus is this Son of David who will establish this kingdom of righteousness and peace justice, it's a kingdom that is already and it's not yet, it's a kingdom that it came in the coming of the king, in his first coming, that that Jesus comes and began to do those works of the kingdom, to cast out and deliver people, to heal and to preach peace and to call people to himself and to come under his kingship, his lordship to embrace him. It's a kingdom that has already come for all of us who accept Jesus as king. So his kingdom comes in our lives and we pray, thy kingdom come and thy will be done and start here in my heart, in my life, in in my sphere of influence. Let it be a little, you know, window of your kingdom. It's come already in one sense in another it is not yet. All that it will be because the day will come when his righteousness will cover the earth like the sea covers. And the kingdom will come when the king comes again in power and in glory. and We've seen also that not only is he the king that is that is spoken of here, but we took some time to look at his fourfold name, and we notice that the king will reign, this king that will reign, will, will reign forever. That it's a kingdom without end. Of the increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. It's an eternal kingdom because the king is the mighty God and that's as we look at those names the wonderful counselor he is the mighty God himself God will come to save and establish his kingdom that he is the everlasting father that is that God himself comes to save Jesus is Emmanuel both from Isaiah 7 and from the announcements of the angels Jesus is Emmanuel which means quite literally God is with us Jesus is God with us, the eternal word of God made flesh. And so Christmas is nothing less than the eternal God becoming fully human in the person of Christ so that he could live the life that we failed to live and die the death that we cannot afford to die and to save us from our sin. And the last name that we didn't touch last week and I said we would come back to is the Prince of Peace. The son who is given by God, the one who has been born for us is the prince of shalom, the prince of peace. And the New Testament tells us oh so clearly that Jesus, once again, like all these other names, like all these other titles, powers and positions, that Jesus himself is the giver of peace, the Lord of peace, the very thing that you and I need probably as much or more than anything else, peace in our souls, rest for our souls, is found in Jesus Christ. The angels appear to the shepherds, we were reading about it just a moment ago, as the angels appear to the shepherds and they announce the birth of the Savior in in no uncertain terms, about as clearly and as boldly as you can say unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, the Savior has been born, He is Christ the Lord, he is Messiah, who is the Lord, as clear as can be, the the Savior has come, he has been born, and he is Kurios, Lord, and then when the angel makes this announcement, he's made, you know, he appears singularly, there's this one angel, he makes this announcement, and it says all of a sudden with him, there is a host of angels, and the angels begin to sing, uh, to celebrate, to On this announcement, there is worship that that follows. And so the angels come and lead, in a sense, the earth in its beginning of the worship of this event that has happened. And as they begin to sing, what is their song? Suddenly there was, with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host. It's here in your bulletin, Luke chapter 2. There was a heavenly host, and they were praising God, and they were saying two things, glory to God in the highest, for he is the one who is, it is the zeal of the Lord Almighty who has done this. So glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. These, These are the results of the coming of the Messiah, of the Christ who is Lord. He says these are glory to God who has done it, and peace on earth. Among those with whom He is well pleased. Among those who claim Him as their own. See, the Savior Christ has come. And the result is glory and peace. And Jesus then is the peace giver. He then is the Lord of peace. And we see this is true in His life and His ministry. It is that umbrella of, of of who He is and what He does. As He delivers people from 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 demons and those things that have possessed and dominated them, so that they are says one one guy experiencing this was then clothed and in his right mind, right he was he was himself again, he was at peace when our healing comes, when our savior speaks forgiveness, peace is the result, right Matthew chapter eleven, there's such a familiar invitation of Jesus that I think is the tenor of His ministry, the the tenor of the calling that He brings when He comes. It's there in your bulletin, Luke, I mean, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 9, under the first point. Jesus says this, Come to Me. Come to Me, all you who labor. If you're heavy laden, you're burdened, Right? You have no peace, and I will give you rest. If you take your yoke, if you take my, my yoke upon you, and if you learn from me, because I am gentle and lowly at heart, then you will find something. You will find rest for your souls. Is there anybody who doesn't want that this morning? Rest for your soul. That's just another way of saying peace. That peace that passes understanding. Shalom. And he says, come to me. Come under my lordship. That's what it means when he says, take my yoke upon you. It means come under my lordship. And so when we come to him and we come under his lordship, under this good and gentle king and learn from him, he says he will give us a gift. A gift that only He can give. Rest for our souls. Peace with God. He says it in John 14 as Jesus prepares to leave His disciples. He spent a few years with them. And he's done this ministry of healing and deliverance. Of bringing peace into people's lives who were broken and lost and hurting. And He speaks the gospel. And He calls men and women to Himself. And promises them this gift of rest for their souls. And as He seeks to leave His disciples. His ministry is done. He faces the cross, he knows he's about to die. John 14 through 16, he's in the upper room having his last word with his disciples. And among his many promises and the things that he says are things like this. John 14 is here in your bulletin. He says, peace, I'm going to leave with you. I'm leaving. <laughs> I've got to go. But here's the thing. I have a gift for you, a parting gift. Something I'm going to leave behind when, when I go. When I am no longer with you, this is what you will have in my wake, so to speak. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. It's not as the world gives do I give to you. So it is my peace. It's. It's a particular peace. It is a peace that is only found in him. It's not, and he says specifically, it's not like the world gives. I mean, there is a semblance of peace in the world that you can have, an absence of strife, you know, and, and and for a period of time, maybe when circumstances are cooperating, you know, there is some peace that we can have. But he says, not like the world can give it to you. I have a peace. Like, it's my peace. Who can say that? Do you have, like, do you have a peace that you can give away to people? See, I would love to do that. I would be the most popular pastor in town. If you would come to me and I would just say, my peace, I give to you. And, and, it's, and it's yours and people would line up at my door. But This is the way Jesus speaks about everything he does. It is my peace. It's mine to give. It's in me, from me. In fact, it is me. What I'm going to give you is my own presence will never leave you nor forsake you, I will be with you, is the great promise of the Savior and of our God. And so in John 16, he says, these things I've spoken to you, that I've, I've told you the truth about God and yourselves and about sin and the need of salvation, and I've told you all these things about the gospel coming to me, and he says, I've spoken all of these things to you that in me, you might have peace. In me. See, so often we're looking for Peace and we look, and we look, and we think it's uncertain. If I can just get my circumstances under control. Some of us are control freaks. Why? Because when things feel like they're under our control, we have a measure of peace. And as soon as things start to unravel, as soon as the schedule goes off, as soon as my plan isn't being worked, as soon as someone is cooperating, peace, peace begins to escape us. Peace begins to, we begin to lose our grasp on it. There's so many ways when I'm healthy, I'm at peace. When I'm when my, my work goes away, it is and people cooperate, I'm at peace. When I feel like, when I feel like, when I feel like. When, in other words, Jesus says it's not like that. The peace that you're looking for is in me. And it's a peace that will surpass all circumstances. It won't be tied to your circumstances because it's not out there. It's in me. And when you have me, come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden and tired of playing that game. And I will give rest for your souls. Jesus Christ is a source of genuine peace. Ephesians 2.14, Paul actually says there in your bulletin, he says, for he himself is our peace. Peace isn't out there. There is a prince, a lord and giver of peace. Peace comes when we have him. And so the first... and most important aspect of peace that this prince can give us, that Jesus makes possible for us, is a peace with God. And this is foundational. This is fundamental. And so many people who pursue peace try to pursue it apart from this. And I can tell you, this is the foundation. And there's no established, lasting peace that you can have if you don't lay this foundation that the Scripture gives to us. If we are not at peace with God, if we are not in sync with the Creator, if we are not in harmony with Him and with His ways, if we do not know and love and serve and bow the knee to him first, if we are in rebellion against his word and his ways, we cannot expect to have a a deep and lasting peace in our lives if we are in rebellion against the prince of peace. And that's why Jesus says first and foremost, if you are laboring and worried and heavy laden and burdened down, he says, come to me. And the first thing he says to do is take my yoke upon you. The promise of peace follows, taking the yoke. You know what a yoke is? He says, you know, he keeps throwing that word around. I don't know if he knows what it means. Yoke, you know, is a yoke. A yoke of oxen is when there are, you know, two or more oxen. But two of them, a yoke is is usually made of wood these days or leather or some form. And it it basically is a thing that that, that arches, it's connected together, it arches over the neck of two animals and hooks them together. And then it, you know, underneath, and you've seen them—a yoke of oxen. There's a couple of oxen who are wearing something around their necks that that hook them together, bind them together in such a way that they do their work together. If they're pulling something, it, it has the it, they're, because they're yoked together, you get double the horsepower, or oxen power, whatever you would call it. Right? You got double the, you know, if one of them turns, if the lead one turns, the other one turns with it. I mean, they're literally yoked by this piece of wood that causes them they turn together they move together and so when Jesus says take my yoke upon you he says i got this yoke and i want you to <laughs> take it on yourself so that when i lead you follow right when i turn you turn when i say go you go when i say jump you say how high right because you are you come under my lordship and so the first thing he says if you want rest for your souls you must take my yoke upon you you must come to me and yoke yourself to me by faith. Put your trust in me as your Savior. You know, Come to me and trust me. Give yourself to me. And the rest that your soul is looking for will be yours. You will be set free. See, the Bible says that Jesus did everything that was necessary for you and I to be at peace with God. Jesus did everything that was necessary. There's, in one sense, nothing left for us to do but to embrace the Prince of Peace, to have peace with God, because Jesus has done for us what we could not do for ourselves. Unto us a child has been born, a son has been given who would be born and grow up and live a perfect life, the life that you and I failed to live, a life of obedience and of love and of honor and worship to God in a way that you and I failed to do every day. The Son has been given who will live this life and then He will die on the cross to bear our sins in His own body. He will pay the penalty that we deserve because we have failed to honor God the way that we should. He pays the penalty for our sin. The very reason Jesus was born was to live that life and to die that death so that by faith in Him, we could be reconciled to God. At peace with Him, accepted, forgiven, Right, and that's what the scripture says so clearly. We need to embrace Jesus just as the angel introduced him. Jesus said, uh, the angel said, unto you is born this day a Savior, who is Christ, the Lord. And when we embrace Christ, to take his yoke upon us is to take Jesus, just as he has given to us, just as he has proclaimed, and to take that Christ, his yoke Upon us. He is my savior. He is Christ, the Messiah, who is the Lord, the Kurios, my Lord. And so I come under His Lordship. Jesus says if you want to come after me, you're going to have to deny yourself and take up your cross every day and follow me. You know, pray this way you know, not my will be done, but thy will be done. And as we come under the Lordship of Christ, take him as he is given, the Savior who has done everything for us that we need done, and you embrace Him by faith, freely offered in the gospel. See, our peace is not free. It doesn't cost us anything, but it was bought at a very costly high price in the the death of the Son of God. He purchases it for us. Look at your, your bulletin under the second point. A few of the scriptures just that say these kind of things. Isaiah 53, 5, it says that he, and these scriptures are, are all about Jesus and his work. He, Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions. Right? He bore our penalty. Right? He was crushed for our iniquities. He died for us. Right? Upon him was the chastisement, the punishment that brought us Peace. By his wounds were healed, healed. Right? Jesus bought our peace with his own death. It's what it says in Colossians 1, the next verse there. He says this, through him, through Jesus, God was reconciling to himself all things, whether on heaven and earth, that includes you and me. He's reconciling all things, making peace by the blood of his cross. It is through the blood of the cross that peace has been purchased, peace with God, right? Which is the next thing that it says, Romans 5.1, there in your bulletin, therefore having been justified by faith, and justified simply means that because what Jesus did when we trusted, he paid our penalty, that he died for us, right, that he did what he did for me, the Bible says at that point we are forgiven, forgiven and accepted, and that's what it means to be justified. By faith, when we trust Christ by faith, we are forgiven and accepted, justified, safe in the eyes of God and before his presence. And having been justified by faith, he says, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. And this is why he came. This is why he was born unto us, is born this day, a savior who would make peace with God on our behalf that is ours through him. And so he says, come to me, all who are still laboring and have you laden under this burden. And the rest for your souls is here. Peace with God is the treasure of every believing soul. That we stand knowing God loves me, God has forgiven me, God accepts me. Every day His mercies are new because I don't stand before Him on the merit of what I've done or not done, the way I've failed, the way I've messed up, but because of what Jesus has done. Jesus is my Prince of Peace. He is my peace with God. And He says, my peace I give to you. So when we have Christ, we have His standing before God. And the Scripture says we are His children. We've been adopted through Him that we stand without fear. Perfect love casts out fear. It is the treasure of every believing soul to stand before God at rest, at peace, knowing that we are saved in Christ. And so this umbrella that abides over the believing life that we'll talk about just a little bit more in terms of its depth and its breadth is an umbrella of peace. And so Paul, in, in most of his letters, and you'll note if I write you a letter, I signed off as grace and peace, Robert. You know, I'm just a, I'm just a copycat. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, I just go for Paul. And you know, in the old days, in the days of Paul, they would, instead of signing off, grace and peace, Paul, he, they always open up. From Paul, you know, apostle of Jesus, grace to you, and peace, right? And this is Second Corinthians one two, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. These are the two. These are the. The great jewels, right? They come as a benediction in a letter and that's why I sign off, you know, grace to you and peace. These are the great jewels, the great treasures, the grace that saves us when we don't deserve it and the peace that is the result and the gift of God before Him and and with each other. Grace and peace to you. That's Christmas. Unto you is born this day a Savior who makes all of this possible. And so, When the God of peace is your father, and the prince of peace is your savior, then peace is your inheritance. To be claimed and owned and experienced moment by moment and day by day for those who know him and love him. It's a deep and lasting peace because it is far more than the absence of strife or the control of our circumstances or anything else. It is a peace that abides because it it comes from The presence of the one who is peace and who makes peace. And it is something that he has given that can never be taken away. That can never be separated. What can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ? And the scripture says, nothing. The Old Testament concept of peace was a rich and deep one. That word shalom, and I don't know, many of you have already heard this. And for those who haven't, that word shalom... You know, we, we think of peace in some very shallow ways, but for, for, the, for the Jew, for the Old Testament believer, this concept of shalom that was given by God in their theology and understanding was a deep and rich thing that spoke of, you know, not just sort of this temporary sense of, you know, things are okay, but it's rather a sense of completeness to life, to, of wholeness that I'm whole and things are as they should be of soundness of of health it's a sense of spiritual health and well-being that that things are as they should be with me and god <laughs> and so so it's good it's woven through the whole tapestry then of a person's life this sense of security and contentment and satisfaction all those things that we hunger for and we look for and and we want so desperately and we try to find them in the things around us. But there is a contentment and a satisfaction that can permeate and rise from the presence of this Prince that not only am I not looking for it out there, but I can actually bring it. It becomes, as Jesus says, it will become a well of of living water within you that, flows up to an eternal life a kind of life a, a, a wholeness of life that you actually become that little sphere we talked about as we come under his lordship and his kingdom has come in this little sphere it's a kingdom of peace and righteousness and as we follow him right, he is honored in the way that, that righteousness is coming in us is the way we seek to live to please him according to his word in the sense of peace that abides on those who know him and love him Follow him, and we become little kingdoms of peace. Peace comes from submitting to God, taking His yoke, yielding to His lordship. When we embrace Him as Savior and we follow Him as Lord, we come under His promises and His care. There in your bulletin, under the last point, we read Isaiah's promise, and this is a promise again that I think is is in Christ. He says, "You will keep him in perfect peace." I Treasure that we want. You will keep in perfect peace. Him whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts you. When his mind is stayed on you. The New Testament tells us fix your eyes on Jesus. Because he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Right? when when, When our mind is stayed on you. When our eyes are fixed on Jesus. He says because we trust in him. We have embraced him. Peace is the fruit. And so to trust in His way, to trust that His way is the happiest way to live, to trust that His will is always right, to trust that His promises are always true, is a bedrock of peace. Jesus says if you want Him to be our Savior, we take this yoke. And taking His yoke is to follow His ways. There, Psalm 119, 165. It says this, Great peace have those who love your law, nothing can make them stumble. Great peace comes from following His will and His ways of doing life the way God says life should be done. It is taking up the owner's manual, so to speak, of the creator of the product and reading how it's supposed to be done. And He says when we do that, when we love His law, when we love His will and His ways, He says, the the outcome is peaceful, great peace of those who do this, whether it's in our finances, right? The Bible has a lot to do with this, the way that we should be related to money and the way that we use money. And it talks about debt and not, you know, to avoiding debt and, and avoiding the ways that we put ourselves out financially. It talks about working so that we have enough to give and living with margin in our lives and of prioritizing and His kingdom and, and His works in this world of the righteousness and judgment, justice, and the gospel. And when the Bible says there it has a lot to say about money, when we know what the Bible says about money and we love His law and we live that way, there there is benefit there's blessing that comes when we live God's way you know when it comes to our marriages and the way that we should be married and the way that we should treat one another as spouses and what it means to take a vow and to make a covenant and as we understand his word and we love his law and the way that he says it is done he says there's great blessing your home is enriched with peace when we love our spouses the way Christ has loved his church the way God has loved us when we forgive as Christ is forgiven when we lay down our lives daily for each other there's blessing there is peace in our relationships in the way that we work you know when we take his what his word says about work that work is not a punishment work they they worked in the garden God created us to be workers and then the scripture tells us so clearly that not to Work for man, not to to work as if you're working for your boss, but he says, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord with all of your heart. And when we work, we're the best workers in the world. I'm the best employee in the world is my goal. Why? Because I don't work for the church. I don't work for the elders. I don't even work for you. I work for King Jesus. And when we love his law and live and, and do all the ways, all the aspects of life according to His word and His will and His ways. He says there is great blessing and there is great peace. And He is with us. So we submit to His will and His way, not just in, in, in loving His law, but in everything. Right? What about our worry and our fear and our anxiety? See, it's to submit ourselves to, to His love and His care and His sovereign will for us. So much of our pain and suffering comes from resisting what God is doing, is resisting His will and fighting what God is doing. And so much peace comes as we give ourselves to trust Him. You know, Matthew chapter 6, you know, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, very famous passages, it's the same kind of thing. He says, Sarah, in your bulletin under the last point, Matthew 6, 31 and 2, don't be anxious, be at peace. Right? Peace. Right? Don't be anxious. And what does he say? What don't be anxious saying, What are we gonna eat? What are we gonna drink? What are we gonna wear? You can put whatever you want in there. Don't be anxious. You know, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna solve this? How am I gonna fix this? You know, what am I gonna you know, what what what? what, what, what? Don't be anxious saying all these things. He is the Lord. He is the Lord of your circumstances, of the future. Your days were numbered from before you were born. You won't die a moment before or a moment too late, right? There's, there, there's a Lord who has these things in his hands. The Gentiles seek after these things, right? They're, they're looking. That's so what I say, out there. We look for it all over the place. But he says this, right? Your heavenly Father knows. Right? That's the answer. Your heavenly Father knows. Trust him, right? Trust him. That's what Jesus' answer is. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Don't worry about those things. Love Him. Seek Him. Cry out to Him. And our struggles and our suffering. And these are the things that would disturb and steal our peace. And He says this, Isaiah 43. When you pass through the waters. When they get deep. When you feel like you're drowning. When it's starting to get up there, He says. When that happens, I will be with you. Though the rivers rise they will not overwhelm you when you walk through the fire of suffering and whatever it is he says you will not be burned the flame will not consume you why i am the lord i am yahweh i am god the holy one i'm your savior i mean i'm your savior in time and eternity and if i call you home it's okay Right? he is our god the one who loves us who is with us who who controls and owns all these things. And so as we submit to all of His promises, in John 6, Jesus says this, this is the will of my Father. Everyone who looks to the Son, who is given, who was born for us, whoever looks on this Son and believes in Him is going to have, He says, eternal life. And I will raise Him up on the last day. Paul says in 2 Timothy 4, henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. Not only me, but everyone who loves His appearing, who trusts Him and is waiting for Him, and knows He is the Lord and that He is good and He is peace. That's why Paul could write, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That is peace. There's no fear in death. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will be at peace. Peace. Because he is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. That he is sovereign, that he is strong, that he is God. Simeon takes the boy, the prophet, when Jesus is born, and they bring him to be circumcised. Simeon takes Jesus in his hands, and he starts singing. A lot of people start singing when Jesus shows up. He takes the boy in his arms, and he starts to sing, and he says, now let your servant depart in peace. Because I have seen your salvation. The light of the Gentiles and the glory of your people. Right? Let your servant now depart in peace. I've seen your salvation. The Prince of Peace is in my hands. He has come to accomplish for us this great salvation. And I think this is what God intends for all of us. When we see Jesus, when we, when we, when we finally come to embrace Jesus and to see his salvation. We depart in peace. We are ready to follow him, to love him, to serve him. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. He trusts in Christ. Understand peaceful doesn't mean easy. He never promised easy. In fact, he promised in this world you're going to have trouble. But he says this, take heart, I've overcome the world. And his promise is this I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I will come back and I will take you to be with me where I am. There is a hope, and there is this future. The peace of Christ is ours because the Prince of Peace is ours. When we put our faith and our trust in Christ. John 14, 27, he says, Peace. I leave with you. And this Christmas, as, I, as we go from here into a week of a little bit of hecticness, but hopefully some time off and some time with family and some time worshiping and time celebrating, I hope you'll come back for Christmas Eve. This is, this is what I want you to hear Jesus saying, the umbrella over your life that permeates and is woven through the tapestry of everything that happens in all of your relationships is, a, is an umbrella of peace. Why? Because he is with us he never leaves us nor forsakes us. He is good and he is sovereign. He is good all the time. And when we know him. Peace he leaves with us. My peace. His peace he gives to us. Not as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be fearful. Because peace is the abiding gift. Of our prince. And our king. Pray with me. Lord Jesus we come this morning As as a people who crave your peace, as a people who would love to have deep, abiding rest in our souls, who would long to be confidently at peace with God so that we can experience your gift day by day, that whatever happens, that whatever else we experience in this world, you are with us. You abide with us. You are Emmanuel, God, with us. And you can speak peace to a soul in the midst of rising waters and fiery trials. And So we bow the knee this morning to embrace King Jesus, to take his yoke upon us, to learn from him. So come near this Christmas, and may you and your peace reign in our hearts on this day and forevermore. In Jesus' name we ask, we pray.